Welcome to the basement. Welcome to the basement. What up, though? Yo, growing up, I only ever had two constants in my life. My granddad's basement and my granddad's basement. There's something you can ride to, something you can vibe to, something you can chill to, something you can smoke to, something that'll make you think, something that'll make you feel good. I'm just a dude from a trailer park trying to figure out the universe. How deep you want to go? 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 What is good, everybody? Welcome to the basement. Happy New Year. 2023 has arrived. How'd your year wrap up? What do you got planned for this year? Same old same? Anything new? Any resolutions? I don't really do New Year's resolutions. Um, I feel probably for the last over a decade, yeah, probably since I've been like 25, maybe late, later in my 20s, like I'm on a constant, a constant journey of self-betterment, self-improvement, uh, just cleansing thoughts, clearing my mind, you know, making sure my spirit, my soul are taken care of. So I, I've never really been like a New Year's resolution type cat. And like to the to the specific point of goal setting, I've always thought like set a goal. Why wait until New Year's? If that's something I want to do, let's start pursuing that today. Like to the like the same the same train of thought goes with like my my alcohol consumption. Uh, I drank a little bit on Christmas and drank a little bit last night uh, for New Year's Eve. We went out to a little comedy show. Got some good belly laughs in, man. The comedy club was, it was fantastic. It was a much needed, much needed little date night. We had a table of seven, my wife, and then some family friends, uh, my brother-in-law, his lady, and a few other people as well. But it was, it was super cool, super relieving, but I had a few drinks. But my, my alcohol consumption, like if I'm going to drink at the house, well, one, like my, as I'm, I'm coming into control of my alcohol intake and only drinking on special occasions, Christmas, New Year's. I haven't drank since September 24th of this year, of last year, excuse me, 2022, and had a long, you know, three months off, then Christmas Eve, Christmas, and New Year's. I had just just, just, just a few. Christmas Day, actually, you know, it was, it was nice. Just slow sip drink all day, me and my brother. I've had 37 Christmases, and it was my favorite Christmas last year. Christmas 2022, all-time favorite. Like the joy of my sons, just getting to kick back. Uh, my brother's, my brother-in-law's girlfriend has a daughter. She's like 13 or something like that. But having our family tradition grow and to welcome more souls into our household, um, it's a beautiful thing. And getting to experience that. And we just drank all day, smoked weed all day. We had extra ham. It was a two ham Christmas. Smoked one, grilled the other. A pint, and they both turned out spectacular, which was a nice you know, feeling for me cooking the meat. Because I fucked up the turkey on Thanksgiving. Like, we do Thanksgiving, we do Christmas Eve, we do Christmas, we host. You know what I'm saying? Our house is built to host. It's built for love. Um, and I'm fucking up the turkey really really sets, uh, like, it hurt my soul. It hurt my spirit. You know, it was hurting me down deep. Like, dang, this was the, the main course, the centerpiece of the meal. Like, Thanksgiving sides go hard, but you need that turkey to hit. And my turkeys have been so good for the last, I mean, we bought this house 2018, so 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. So five Christmases we've had at this house. And that was, I think, the first turkey I really, really messed up. And then there was one year I messed up the ham for Christmas as well. So, every, you know, but what do you expect? That's not the things that that people are going to remember. So anyways, I was doing some drinking uh, uh, just for, for special occasions. You know what I'm saying? So that's really all I drink. But the sentiment of like, uh, if something is good, this is where I started, if something was good, you know, or setting a goal, why wait until tomorrow to start when you can start today? Like that same, like the way I think, I think the same about like my, my alcohol. Like I don't bring alcohol. We have a two-story house. All the bedrooms are upstairs, right? I don't bring alcohol upstairs to where we sleep. Like the optic of it. Like I don't want my kids to have that in their heads. Like daddy has, and I don't care if it's, I may have said this before. I don't care if it's one drink or two drinks, you know, that I, that I drink at the house, you know, hypothetically. Like I don't want that. And that's all. Like, you know, I, I don't want my kids to think, Oh, daddy brings his drink upstairs for bedtime, right? Like, okay, I don't want my kids to to have that perspective of me. I don't want them to look at me like, 
like that, like at all. Like I have a, a drinking problem, you know, from their eyes, you know, the optic of it is weird. And I apply that too. I'm like, well, to put the kids to bed. And then I used to maybe have a drink as my wife and I would watch something just as, as we go to bed. Um, and now it's like, well, if I, if, why should I treat my wife any differently than I treat my sons? Right. So if it's good enough, you know, for them, or if I don't want to do something for them, why should I present the same to her? Why should I have a drink up in our bedroom if I don't think I should have one upstairs for the kids to see? Why does she then have to have that? And she would never care. I don't even think she knows that I think in that way. Um, so, but pretty much it's not an issue because I've alleviated drinking minus special occasions. That's the way I'll drink, I'll, the social drinker. And that's just what I want to do. Like that's that that feels most appropriate for the way I want to live my life and have my health, well-being uh, going. But Christmas, yeah, like I was saying, Christmas went hard. New Year's was beautiful last night. Just the the whole presence, the whole atmosphere. The comedy club started off. Um, the table right next to us was talking. And it wasn't, it was, we were kind of just going. It was like two, three minutes into the show. People are putting in orders still, drink orders, food orders. And it's just uh, like, I wasn't too much. And I can't hear, they were on my left side. I don't hear out of my left ear very well. I, uh, I got hearing loss in my left ear, both ears actually, but my left ear is worse than my right. So it was even more muted for me. Uh, but the, the table in front, so there was the table next to us, and then the table in front of them, they turned around. We're like, hey, like snappily and, and right, righteously slow. So they snapped. Like the lady was like, hey, please stop talking or please be quiet. I'm not exactly sure what she said and shut them down. That table started acting right, right away. And I don't know what the dynamic was. There was about six, seven of them at that table seemed like and they were older adults like old, the youngest person in their group was 40 into look like maybe some dude in his 60s so it was like maybe old friends who hadn't seen each other in a while decided to meet at the comedy club and were like catching up about the holiday season when you're supposed to be paying attention to the the performers like that that does drive me crazy you know even though I didn't necessarily notice that generally at a comedy show like don't talk you, you everybody here paid when we're trying to listen to the comic and get some good laughs in. And unless the comic is brings anyone in to the show, don't talk. You know, you don't they don't need to add things. If you say something small to like make your wife laugh or your table, your friends that you're with at a comedy show, say something small, like a tag on the comedian's joke that was an inside joke for your group and makes the table laugh. You said something real quiet without disrupting the show, like that I'm always cool with. Like, you know, that's not impacting anybody. When people are hollering out, and we went to the 7 o'clock show, like, because we're not, you know, we barely made it till midnight. Like, we went to the 7 o'clock show to not be around drunkard idiots, a younger crowd for New Year's Eve. We we're trying to get to the crib, get off the road, you know, be some, some, sense, of, uh, some sense of responsible uh, for, for the night. You know, but, yeah, that, that drives me nutty but overall it was a good show like that kind of shut down there's three comics all three of them they they hit properly one cat was from um um he said he was biracial he said he was had a black dad and a white mom uh, maybe you know he might have had a half black dad and a white mom like I, I and i didn't get a chance to speak to him about that you know like after the show you can go up talk to like this is a small comedy club and it's you know road comics when they haven't made it, they're like selling stuff after the show, trying to just just make some more money, make a living. And uh, I didn't get a chance to talk to him about that. Don't care. But uh, they they were all they were all funny. But a biracial dude, whether he was biracial or a quadroon, whatever, from Minnesota, like a Minneapolis suburb, like it was it was cool. And I, I dug his comedy. And I'm that back there. Like I support comedy. I love comics. I've never got up on stage. I would love to get up on stage and do just an open mic set. The, I, I had a goal to do that before I turned 35. Haven't hit that goal yet. So let's talk about goal setting. Uh, 
New Year's resolutions. Like I set that goal when I was like 30, I think it was 34. I was like, hey, before the end of the year, before my birthday, I want to go up and do a, an open mic set. And I never put it forward. I actually have some bits written out, like some shit I want to go try out. Uh, I haven't had the nuts or made the time to hit laughs on a Thursday night and do a do an open mic. But I'm going to check it out. I'm, I'm, I, will, I will try it at one point. But I go and support comics for sure like the for me like as an entrepreneur entrepreneurial state of mind like comics the way they run their business and uh professional fighters the way they run their business like i i like it i appreciate it and those are the type of types of mentality that, that, that grind to get to success that i like to tap from i like to tap from sports coaches specifically fighter coaches to when it comes to fighter psychology fight the psychology of fighting um, and then com comedians always interacting with large groups of people, the, the public speaking, the, the nuts it has to get up there to try to, for me as an audience member, to have the gall to say, make me laugh. Make me laugh, motherfucker. Dance for me. Like it's, in a sense, a little bit, I could understand humiliating. Right, get up here, make me laugh. This the 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 gall of an audience member to go and tell a comedian that, but that's you know whatever. The uh, I'm I'm probably getting a little, it's not that deep. <laughs> it's not that deep, Daniel. Uh, but comedians, I I really love their overall energy, what they're willing to do, how much of themselves they're willing to put out there, and in a, a society in which so many people are clutching their pearls. You know, to go out and, and touch hot topics and make people laugh about it with their perspective. I just appreciate it. I respect the hell out of it. Uh, and, you know, God bless comedians. God bless fighters. But overall, you know, the holiday season wrapped up nicely. We're into the new year, January 1st. We got a couple little house projects to do. Got to get the lights down. Got to get the tree decorations off. Got to get the the tree disposed of. We got a few things to uh to take care of in the new year. But as far as goal setting resolutions, I'm going to try to start a fast. Uh, a lot of people like new churches and new year's resolutions and stuff like with new year's being on a Sunday uh, and a lot of people having tomorrow, having Monday off January 2nd for the observed holiday. Like I think a lot of people are kind of easing into their goal setting, their traditions starting tomorrow. Uh, but we're going to do like as a family, we're starting a family tradition. We're going to have a taco party, a New Year's Day taco party. That's going to be dinner tonight. So we're slow. Road. We're doing carnitas, which is uh, pulled pork tacos. Uh, so looking forward to that. My wife makes this really good slow cooker pulled pork. I mean, I guess anybody could make it really good. You throw <laughs> you throw the pork in the crock pot, put a little bag of seasoning in it, and 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 that's it. You wait six seven hours, and you have an, a fire ass dinner. So very very much looking forward to starting this tradition. And then tomorrow, it's not heavy on my mind. I'm not even sure if I'm gonna do it, but I'm trying to do a fast, uh, fruit and vegetables fast. So not like a not like the type of fast you know. If, there's a different type, the context of fast, like most people, intermittent fast, I'm not going to eat for this period of time throughout the day, or maybe, uh, you know, like a Ramadan type fast in uh, the Islam religion, like they'll do, it's it's a month or 33 days, I don't know exactly sure how long Ramadan is, it's like six weeks or some shit like that, where they fast all day, and then at sunset, they, they, they eat. Uh, have have a have a meal and it might only be one meal or maybe it's just no food during sunlight and you feel yourself properly like overnight there's a right way to do it I learned some stuff like there's a couple NFL players who because Ramadan's not static every like Christmas December 25th every year uh, Ramadan is it it moves every year like based on whatever calendar that Islam uses I'm not exactly sure I ain't that uh ain't that well learned or versed in in Middle Eastern customs and cultures um, but I'm going to fast, I'm going to, fasting is just giving something up, giving something up. And for me, the purpose, giving something up for a higher power, um, you know, God, Yahweh, the universe, mother earth, um, whatever the most high power out there is like, that's, that's what I'm, well, as I, as I'm progressing in life and as I'm progressing in my spirituality, as I'm reading these old ancient texts and learning about the ways of man and the ways of humanity and the things that can bring down a man, um, and bring down his family, 
uh, and you know, just relationships within that. As I learn and grow, I'm I'm realizing kind of some things I've already known. I'm coming back to you know a certain starting point, kind of not full circle, but coming back to realizations I've had before as I continue to dig deeper within myself. Like I actively praise the most high God. All right. And that it's interesting because Christianity, Judaism and Islam, all stop bumping the mic, all have the same God. Right. It's one God. uh, Abrahamic religions all started from father Abraham. Abraham and had a uh, son Isaac. <coughs> Actually, it, it, he was uh, Abraham. Uh, means father of a uh, father of many, a father of many nations. Didn't have any kids till he was like in his nineties. Has uh, no, God came down to Isaac and his wife Sarah. He was Abram at the time. Sarai at the time was her name before God changed their names. Um, they said, "Hey, I'm going to give you a son." Like, all right, well, we're like 80. You know, <laughs> it's like, how are we going to have kids? And God's like, hey, that's what we're going to do. Uh, so they got impatient with with God. They kept on waiting, kept on waiting. And then Sarai was like, hey, I got this maidservant, Hagar. Go tap that. I want a kid. Like, well, I'm going to raise the kid. I want, I want a kid, though. So Abram goes, knocks up Hagar, have Ishmael. All right, pisses off God. God's like, man, what? Y'all fucked up. I'm going to give you a kid. I told y'all just to sit back, kick it, and wait. So a few more years go by, no kid, no kid, and boom, all of a sudden, Sarai gets pregnant. It's a boy. That's Isaac. Um, Then Isaac goes on. He has Jacob and Esau, or his two sons, and Jacob is one of the... So those are the three main patriarchs of Christianity. Now, uh, and then it goes from Jacob, the story of the Jews, then really pick up with Jacob as written by Moses, you know, six, 10,000 years ago, written down, and who knows how far back those stories really go. We're learning all types of things about civilization, ancient civilizations, ancient uh, disasters that may have happened. There's some shit going on with the Euphrates River. So that's a very, very old and biblical river. So who knows what's like underneath there that's going to come to fruition that we're going to find in the next few years. There's uh, the, a city of uh, Bethsaida, Bethsaida, Bethsaida over near Jerusalem and just in the Middle East, uh, this ancient active right now dig site. They found this ancient city, you know, that Jesus may have walked through and preached at. Like it's in the Bible. Jesus came through this city and this is a, a big part of his ministry happened right here. So that uh, currently is being unearthed as we speak. And it's, it's super cool. But anyways, uh, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and then, so, okay. So then when uh, Abraham has, so he has Ishmael, the bastard son, the son out of wedlock, and then Isaac. Um, when Isaac is born, God then renames Abram. Abraham, uh, father of many nations, and Sarah, mother of many nations. All right, so then the, then, uh, the Jewish story kind of really begins, begins there. And then uh, at one point, Sarah's like, all right, uh, you need to get Hagar, you got to get out of here, and you need to get Ishmael out of here. So... They separate. They're just kind of out in the wilderness. Abraham's, you know, he's hurt. That's his son. He doesn't get to be with his son anymore. You know, he's being faithful to his wife and his new family. It's it's an interesting dynamic. You read the book of Genesis and the Bible. It's, it's really family-centric, uh, you know, ways of the family, family structure, the way you treat your family, the way you treat your your brother, you know, Cain and Abel, early Genesis. I'm past, I'm past, uh, well past uh, Adam and Eve at this point. Adam and Eve have Cain and Abel. Cain kills Abel because he's out of jealousy. Um, God then kills Cain, and they uh, then Adam and Eve then have another son because uh, Eve is so distraught. She lost both of her sons. One murdered the other. God then took the other one because he wasn't supposed to do that. So then they have Seth, and then Seth begets and begets and begets and begets onto Noah, begets, 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 begets onto Abraham, and then we have the real beginning of the, the story, the path. But what I'm getting at is the separation of Ishmael from Isaac. They're brothers. They're half-brothers. Uh, Ishmael goes, and if you're reading the Bible, it says Ishmael, you know, God says, hey, 
Abraham, look, you weren't supposed to do this, but this is still your son. I promised you that you would be blessed. Uh, all of your seedlings will be blessed as far as the scar, as many stars in the sky will be seeds that come from you. All right. This is still one of your seeds. I didn't, I didn't tell you to go do this. You did, y'all did this on your own. So I'm still going to bless this child, but he will be in constant conflict with kind of the rest of the family, you know, and like the tones that I read in Genesis, like that Ishmael and there's, you know, scholars suggest the whole Islam came from Ishmael. Like, so as Abraham then begats Isaac and Jacob, and then the 12 tribes of Israel come from Jacob, it's, it's a whole big thing. The flip side of that, Ishmael was out doing his thing. He received blessings from God as well and spread the religion of the most high, you know? So Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, all Abrahamic religions all come from the same spot and uh, pray to the same God. I don't remember where I, I started with that. Oh, I was just saying, like, I praise the most high. So as I think of all these religions and myself, I'm attempting to walk as a holy man, right? I'm trying to wash my spirit clean. Like, I have healed myself of many wounds. I stand before you with not one wound on me. I am a healed man. These scars tell many, many stories, right? But I'm cleansing myself. I found myself in a very good spot as I praise to the most high, all right? And as I'm, I'm wrapping my head around this, I'm, I'm finding myself in an odd spot as of today. You know, I'm continually reassessing, getting myself in a good place, a better place, uh, as good of a place as I can for my soul. Like I feel part of our life's mission is to nurture the soul. Humans are so out of place in the world, the kingdom of this world, the animal kingdom of this world, all these things roaming around. At some point, humans start, went off on a different path, diverged from everything else on this planet, like, and think consciously in a very different way than all the other animals, mammals, especially mammals on this earth. And it kind of doesn't make sense, right? So for me to make sense of it, like it's healing, praise the most high, take care of my soul, because it doesn't make sense. We seem out of place. So maybe there's something here that's not for humans. But if we nurture the soul, heal yourself, give yourself perspective and clarity, you know, and live with kindness and love towards your fellow man and your neighbors and those in your household, especially when we pass on, you know, not enlightenment's an odd word, but if you can get your 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 mind and your body and your soul to a sense of just peace, you know, balance, enlightenment, uh, I think, and and nurture your soul in a kind, loving way, all right, to heal all those things, you can then prepare yourself for the next, and that's. Like, as I say, like, I'm in a spiritual spot, like, I, you know, I don't know about heaven or hell, right? I don't know. I, I know that when people write things down that somebody else told them, oftentimes they will take liberties with that, right? So I, I, I'm speaking a little cryptically, but just because something like the Bible or any holy book says, hey, there's a, you know, even in the context of God not making sense, there's some things that just don't make sense. Like that doesn't fit with life or the story or with God. So I don't know if that portion is true with, with certain religions. And I'm, again, I'm speaking cryptically, but you know, I don't take everything out of the Bible as the word of, of God. I know it's inspired by God. It's also been touched by man for centuries and manipulated. And before it was ever touched, Touched by man, it was thought of and spoken by man, these old ancient stories of, of, of the ways of man. So getting myself to a good spot, betterment, enlightenment, I really forgot where I started. I really don't know. I'm just talking my perspective, my philosophies on praise to the most high. And then also following the teachings of Jesus. I think, And to a certain extent, it's because it's so easy. It's available. Like there's a lot of people who've scrutinized the teachings and can regurgitate them in a way for me to digest 
and give myself some context of a, a better, proper, different way to live live life in with the purpose of being the best me I can be, the strongest man, the strongest father, the strongest husband and strength coming in many ways, being there for people, being supportive for people, listening, taking care of personal needs, you know, of those who can't care for themselves, like my three-year-old or my five-year-old can't do everything for themselves. So caring for people, being mindful, intentful, you know, peaceful where, where, I, where I lay, right? And as I, as I'm, as I grow, it's dawned on me the last, last little bit here, I guess I think that's where I started. It's dawned on me recently I might not be like a full-fledged Christian. However, I do, I'm, I'm a dude who follows, I'm, I'm trying to walk with the most high spirit, the most high being that is out there and follow the teachings of Yeshua. And I'm in really good understanding, still growing it, still learning, I still am reading the Bible. I'm going to read it cover to cover learn a little bit more about that. And then I think I'm going to take my practices. I'm going to learn about Buddhism. I want to learn about Hinduism. I learn about, I don't really need to learn about Judaism because it's Christianity. Christi- like that's it's the teachings. Jesus was a Jew, right? He taught out of the Old Testament. There was no New Testament. Jesus was spitting that old game, fulfilling prophecies that were foretold from years, centuries. A Bible was written over the course of 1,500 years, right? Many different writers throughout time who didn't know about the next writer who would come. And all this whole story comes together and, and meshes quite, quite well. So there's a lot we don't know about Jesus, right? Where his ministry was taken. There's a big, big gaps, whether it's missing because nothing was ever written down, missing because it's hidden, missing because, you know, there's rumors, I don't know, Jesus in his adolescence grew up in India and and learned a lot there. So I want to learn about Hindu practice, right? I want to learn about uh, 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 Islam. I want to read the Quran. I want to read all the holy books. I want to really expand my mind, explore my mind, and get into some type of like starting a school or a dojo. There's this guy, Jason Williams, uh, Mr. Mr. Jason Will. Did I say Williams? I got Isaiah on the mind. Uh, a friend of mine just passed away. Rest in peace, Isaiah Williams. All right. Um, uh, but Mr. Jason Wilson, Jason Wilson. So Mr. Jason Wilson on Instagram, he's got this dojo where he teaches kids off the streets of Detroit, like manhood, basically, you know, and sometimes a lot of that, like I love what he does because he's a powerful man and he's expanding and he knows he's a powerful man. He, he said he's gotten word from God before um, and I know what that feels like, uh, albeit small. His, his story is... Uh, speaking of his son's name, you know, the Lord told he was not going to name his son Jason Jr. I don't know if actually I don't know if he's a junior, but uh, he said J- Jason Wilson said he's like, I wasn't going to name him Jason because uh, I wanted him to be his own man. And then God came to me and said, name him Jason. He'll be able to he'll, he will be able to carry the name. Uh, so he named his son Jason and I don't, I don't know if he's junior, but that is, and, and I don't know if he's gotten further word from God on that. I have not read his books. I, I follow him on Instagram when he goes on a podcast, I listen to him. I'm, I'm anxious to read some of his books at some point. I think he has two books. He might have three. Uh, but I would, I do, I do want to read those, but I want to emulate, emulate. He was the, the male figure that I needed as an adolescent. Even pre-adolescence, as as a boy, he's the type of father figure that I'm trying to be, be the man who was not in my life. So I follow him and his ways and what he's doing. And he has this dojo where he's teaching manhood. He teaches, yeah, he teaches you how to fight, but it's not like it's not exclusively that. So he teaches how to set a dinner table, like how to use silverware appropriately. Um, it's deep, you know, the, the boys to level up, to be accepted. It's like a probationary period. And then after your probationary period, you have a test to see if you can be part of the cave. It's called the cave, the cave of uh, Adullah, A-D-U-L-L-A. There's a ESPN documentary on it. That's actually very, very good. 
it didn't go as deep as I wanted. It highlighted some of his students, but I don't think it highlighted him enough. And that's probably by design. That's probably how he wanted it. He's like, let's focus on the boys and, and their lifestyles, but I'd like to see more of a documentary about him more his background. But he does have a three-hour Joe Rogan episode. He does have a two- or three-hour episode on the PBD podcast. Check it out. Papa Bravo Delta podcast. PBD. Uh, Patrick Bet David. Interesting cat. Very wealthy. Uh, came over as an immigrant, as a little boy. Dirt poor. Uh, worked his way, graduated high school with like a 1.8 GPA, got his way into the Army, served in the United States Army. Dude's from Iran. Um, he grew up in like Germany or something. Can't remember. As a little boy, fled, fled, his family got him out of Iran. And uh, he grew up somewhere else, ended up in the States, joined the Army, you know, separates from the Army, um, gets into insurance, and he's a big time in the insurance world. Very, very wealthy, you know, businessman. Asked some interesting, very interesting questions. Very inquisitive. Very, I love his perspective. Uh, he did an interview with Kobe Bryant. He's done an interview with Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, and the list goes on. I mean, politicians and his, his podcast is good. I, I like him. I like him a lot. Uh, so there's, there is info on, on Jason Wilson. Um, but I like what he does. He teaches like he's got, I think it's six proverbs and I don't know which ones, but he teaches out of the Bible and, you know, and he can, he calls, he says Yahweh and the most high versus God. And he calls Jesus Yeshua. You know, he doesn't, he very rarely have I ever heard him refer to Jesus as Jesus. It's always Yeshua. And he uses old Hebrew words and he really breaks down the psychology of these boys to let them know where they are in life, the way that they're acting, the way that they're responding, reacting, you know, and really gives them the, the tools that they need for a, a sense of morality. And I want to do something similar. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to expand my worldliness. And one thing I need to do when I speak of goal setting is read more. Right, I, you know, I, and I lose myself in the holy book, uh, the holy Bible, from time to time, and that's all that I read. I need to read some more, expand my thoughts. Uh, I, I like to watch videos, so I, I get, I do business lessons, just YouTube, you know, church sermons on YouTube. That's how I really absorb and retain information. Reading is really, really hard for me. Reading has always been very, very difficult for me. Even when I formed, there was a point in my life I formed the habit of regular reading. I don't retain a lot of that. I don't know if that's due to head injuries. I don't know if that's just due to just the way I am. But I can watch something on a video and pretty much have it down. I can watch somebody do something, download that, have it down. Just like when I used to fix airplanes. Like, okay. But when I have to read the book, that's really hard really hard for me to do. When I have to follow step-by-step instructions, it takes me a very long time. And it doesn't matter if that's putting a, like a refrigerator in place, like takes me a little second, put, uh, put Ikea furniture together. Um, you know, little things, it, it takes me, because it takes me so long to read, right? I don't, I have a reading comprehension problem. Like in school, they used to test us on that. And I knew as a little boy, like they, they emphasized the test and where we rank and we want to do well on the test. So I'm like, all right, I don't want to fuck this test up. Right. So as I used to take standardized tests, it would be read this paragraph would be like a short paragraph or three paragraphs, just a short story. You turn the page and it'd be like four or five questions about the story you just read. I could never remember what I just read. I read things slowly. I read it four or five times. It took me. It takes me a long time to read. I read slowly. I would have to continually stop bumping the mic. I would have to continually go back to the story to answer the questions. I could not. I cannot. Re- I cannot to this day. I cannot read something and then answer a question about what I just read. I need to then go back and reference the material. But if somebody tells me something, or if I watch something on a video. I can remember the conversation. I remember conversations 
like very, very literal and very close to verbatim. Uh, the old conversation, conversations that don't matter, conversations I've had in the past. I have this real way of remembering interactions that I have with people and how deep the relationship goes. Um, that's how I remember it. But even like, I'll forget. I, I was talking to my boy Lucas. Lucas been on the podcast before yesterday for, I don't know, half hour, 45 minutes or so, maybe an hour. I don't know. It was a beautiful conversation. Um, but as I'm ta- telling him things, we were both telling each other things that we text each other. Uh, just a few days prior, because we had been texting, you know, Christmas season is one of my best friends, one of my groomsmen. He's like, hey, bro, uh, just how'd your Christmas go? Dot, dot, dot. And then he, you know, and then I tell him, we tell each other how our Christmases went. And then it wasn't until like I was hanging up the phone with him yesterday. I was like, man, we talked about like two or three things we had already mentioned to each other. You know, it's a little different too when you get on the phone. You know, you people are, I'm texting a few people every day. I text my brother most days. Um, my little brother, and then like a few other people, like kind of regularly, the regular clan, and kind of forget who I told what to, um, but get on the phone and start telling him something that I had already texted him, but neither of us like remember, uh, but it's interesting. But I love that dude. My boy, big shout out, Lucas Kelter, Autumn Kelter. They got two two little kids. I've yet to meet the the younger one, uh, but we need definitely need to, I don't know, I'm, I was thinking about maybe having like a another wedding like uh, uh, um, vow renewal or something, maybe at like the 10 year. My wife and I have been married six years, six and a half years. Uh, so maybe for the 10 year, we try to get um, at least our bridal party together. And then a few other a few other people would be nice. There's a few people who didn't, like a very, very short list of people didn't make it to our wedding. We kept it real, real small, real tight. But if we could have another nice little party for, uh, you know, 20, 30 people, that would be that would be beautiful. A little vow renewal for the 10 year. I don't know. I'll have to float that out there, see if that's something she'd be interested in. Uh, but that's uh that's kind of all that's been cracking, y'all. I've just been uh just still on, on the on the betterment path, right? Trying to figure it out. So I think oh yeah, so <laughs> that's where I started with the betterment. Get you know, so fasting. I was thinking about going, I don't know where the hell I went astray, but I was gonna do like a fruit and vegetable fast. That's I was gonna give up you know, processed foods and meat for some length of time. Like, and it's interesting when I say talking on both sides of my mouth, well, why don't you start that today? I'm gonna start it tomorrow, but I might not, I don't know when I'm gonna start. I wanna do a fast for God. Right, I want to give something up because there's this point in the Bible, Jesus casts out this demon out of this little boy. And people are like, man, how'd you do that? He's like, yo, that type of shit can only be done with fasting. You know, and Jesus, after you know, another story about Jesus, he gets baptized by John the Baptist and then goes uh, immediately like, boom, the spirit grabs him, takes him out into the wilderness where he fasts for 40 days and 40 nights and the devil's trying to tempt him. Um, it's this really cool story. Uh, Jesus was a bad motherfucker, right? And but he's fasting that whole time. Like, wow, wow, forty day, forty day fast. And I don't know to what extent, like Gandhi has some historical fasts and like protest fasts. He's an interesting cat. Uh, I'd like to actually. I don't know much about. Actually, I don't. I, shouldn't, I don't know much about Gandhi. I don't know if he's interesting or not. Um, but he has some famous fasts uh so it's just something to give up for god to get to get closer not necessarily i'm not trying to go cast out demons but i think the underlying point of what jesus was saying is like to get close to god to have god reveal more to you even if it's about yourself you need to give something up you need to have some type of sacrifice Right, so it doesn't need to be this big long forty day fast where you have an apple and water once a day, something like just give something up. And ideally something that you have a relationship with. Because if you have a relationship with something, it's interfering with your relationship with God. And the relationship with God for me is so important, you know, because that's that's my guide. That's my my moral compass. Is all in, you know, just the ways of man to keep myself clear, to live up to some expectation, to have a role model, like things that I never had in life. I need I need a compass. 
All right. And these ancient writings from ancient man, like they, they learned some stuff like the, the Holy Bible is some deep, deep understanding of the psychologically psychological ways of, of, of man and mankind. The things people will do, how nasty people can get the way you can respond to that nastiness, the better way to react and, and, and live amongst each other. Uh, excuse me. There's a, there's a lot in that. There's a lot in those books. So that's what I'm exploring. I'm exploring these religions, you know, and I, to an extent I am religious. I, so I am religious and I'm interested in religion, but I'm not necessarily going to fall to the ways of any one, one religion. I think it's bigger than that. And this could be considered, you know, blasphemy to devout Christians, right? But I want to learn everything, all right, for my soul. And if I learn everything for my soul, and, you know, everything, obviously, that's that's hyperbole. Like, I want to fulfill, I want to fill myself with as much knowledge as possible. And then I want to seek understanding of that knowledge on a deep level. That then translates into wisdom, when you understand the knowledge that you have input, you can then act on that knowledge, acting on that knowledge in which you've received is wisdom. So at a certain age, you can only be so wise. And as time goes on, you gain more and more wisdom, so long as you gain more and more understanding. Bring me back to the Bible. King Solomon, the early king in, in, in Judaism, uh, you know, the Lord said, Solomon, you, are, you, you will be king. You are the king of, of, the, of the nation of Israel. Um, what you want. He didn't ask for riches. He didn't ask for women. He didn't ask for anything but understanding. He said, God, I want to, to understand. I want to be the wisest man who's ever lived. And with that, with that wisdom, God blessed him with, with understanding so he could live with wisdom and be wise. With that, he grew a great temple and that, that, that begot him riches. So that's, you know, that's a little bit of the mold that I'm trying to, to get into. I just want to understand. So when I pray, when I pray to the most high, you know, I pray for patience, right? Because this life is silly. This life is foolish. This life doesn't make sense. This life is out of place. This modern human civilization, we're out of place. So I pray for patience to deal with all this out-of-placeness, life is, I don't say it's hard, but it's confusing, right? Some people can confuse confusion with hardships. Just because you're confused, or just because you lack understanding, which we all lack understanding, you know, we can only know and learn so much about this life. And I, I try to learn about this life from the ways of generations past and as far back as we can go. I think that gives you the broadest understanding. History always repeats itself no matter what. That thing, that's one thing that definitely reigns true when it comes to humanity. The motherfuckers got short memories who keep doing the same shit over and over again. Uh, but I'm trying to, to really, really have understanding to, to grow and really just be just a shining, I've said it before, just be a shining light, a pillar in my community. I want to cast shadows. I want to cast shadows, right? So I don't know if I'm a Christian, all right? I don't know. I call myself a Christian. I believe in, in Jesus. I believe he fulfilled a lot of prophecies, you know, that were, 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 were written over the course of 1,500 years by people. I said to restate written over 1,500 years by writers who had no idea the next writer was going to come and fulfill this prop, you know, prop prophecy. You know, there's something about Jesus. Jesus was a bad motherfucker, right? And when I praise to Jesus and the Most High, something comes over me. I get this feeling, all right? That said, I'm not so blinded by the realities of this world to know that the Bible was not touched, manipulated, edited, updated by evil forces used just as control mechanisms, right? The Bible is beautiful teachings. However, those teachings are so in-depth, the Bible was misused as control for centuries, 
centuries. Early church, a lot of martyrs, a lot of people died getting this church going, getting this new, you know, way of life. Just to live like this, y'all. Live like this. Jesus came to renew us. Just, we don't have humans are not living this life in the right way. Jesus is here to give you that that compass. All right, follow. He will get you close to God. Do what Jesus said. He'll get you close to God. Right. Think in this way. Live in this way. Love your neighbor. You know, don't you know, don't covet uh, your neighbor's things. Respect your parents. Just all, you know, I mean, the Ten Commandment type stuff and there's stuff. But there are things within the Bible that just. They don't. Uh, they don't fit. Right. Like like homosexuality, like the Bible states. Uh, it's a couple places. There's some letters from Paul that mention sexual immorality and uh, homosexuality. And then there's some old that letters from Paul. Paul in the New Testament. So uh, Jesus died. The apostles are all, the disciples are like figuring shit out and then enter this cat, Paul. So Paul has a probably the biggest role in expanding, expanding uh, Christianity. And Paul was one of the, the you know, the original 12 uh, became 11. Judas, Judas died, uh, killed himself. And the, but they're all out spreading the word. And then Paul goes back and really expands the empire. Paul was very important. Uh, but anyways, uh, there's, there's, that's new Testament. There's old Testament stuff. Some shit Moses wrote down talking about, uh, if a man lies with a man, both, it depends what, um, translation of the Bible you're looking at, but you can say, it might say detestable. It might say, uh, an abomination, right? There's another portion in the same book. This is the book of Leviticus. You know, if a man lays with a man as one lays with a woman, um, he shall be put to death. His blood is on his own hands. You know, but there are things mistranslated. Like there's not necessarily words from the old, whether it's the Aramaic, the Hebrew, or the Greek. Those are the original three languages of the Bible that don't translate. Like there's no direct word for homosexuality like back then they didn't have like there w- the population of the earth wasn't large enough to understand that there were homosexuals right so that thought that sentiment like it doesn't it doesn't fit right and the words that were used like paul uses like this compound word in the Greek that translates, you break the word down, like one part of it means like effeminate and another part means violent. So don't be violent. A man should not be violent, nor should he be feminine. Like not quite sure. Like there's, there's interesting, this is why you need to learn about the Bible, right? You can't just take everything that's in there, read it and think you have a grasp upon it, right? Because there's deeper meanings. You might, there's the, the word adultery in Greek is pornavu. So when Jesus is speaking, you know, if a uh, husband and wife, you know, if she commits adultery, a husband is, may divorce his wife. Like, but pornavu, okay, that the root word porn, porno, pornography, you know, we have to read the Bible with new eyes, be refreshed with that root word porn. So cheating could be more than just having a sexual relationship outside of your marriage. It could be watching pornography, all right? And then again, as we read the Bible with new eyes, rights for men and women, they're different now. So that application, the Bible specifically says, you know, man, if his wife commits adultery, you have to apply it both ways now, right? Marriage is different. The household is different. Women work now. Women weren't even allowed to leave their father's house. You know, back in the day, they were under the thumb of the, the patri is the patriarchy, you know, the, the, the way ancient civilizations worked and now things have changed and updated. And there's just think like homosexuality, like it doesn't fit. Like the translation of the words doesn't work. Like God, why would God care? And I think my belief, people are born gay. Like, yeah, there's men and women get out there, get a little bi curious at a young age just sexual confusion. Maybe they were exposed to something as a child, or maybe they weren't exposed to something as a child. And they're just 
exploring, figuring themselves out. Like life is difficult. And a lot of times we're trying to go through it, figuring it out with our own ego and ways of the flesh, as the Bible calls it. And really, we just need to be concerned with the ways of, of God and these ancient teachings. And you, you follow this roadmap, you're going to have a more fulfilling life long term if you can do these these things, and, you know, part of it like marriage are, are, you know, you know, sex out of wedlock. So you could say sexual. So all that, you know, was talking about homosexuality, you know, it could be talking about just, you know, sodomy of, of children. Like, you think, like there's things that are just lost in translation and there's no. So when a when the Bible says, you know, if a man lies with a man, they've done what is detestable. You know, they've committed an abomination. Those type of words, that breeds exclusivity, right? That breeds hate. Like those type of Bible verses have left a lot of people, a lot of homosexuals dead, right? Tortured, beaten dead, drugged behind trucks, like something that's, that was misunderstood, for for a very long time and even now to this day and we're at a point in society things are kind of to an extreme gay people got lumped in the lgbqtia plus is a really weird part of society all right and there's there's nuances within that but just i'm just talking about your basic run-of-the-mill gay man gay woman like how can I follow this teaching as the word of God when it's very clear people are born gay. Like, yes, there are some people who get out there, they're just curious, they, they want to learn, they may make a choice to be with somebody else. But if you go back kind of historically until very, very, very recently, like post-2000, like homosexuals needed to be, not needed to be, but they the society closeted them some people never closeted themselves society closeted them because there was just a lot of discrimination a lot of hate towards homosexuals more so homosexual men than women from my perspective i could have that way off but i think that and that comes down to kind of stuff that was written in the bible and mistook out of context like the stuff in leviticus that's those are laws and rules for levitical priests right that's not necessary applicable to everybody priests have different laws like priests can't get married priests you know they have their own doctrine that they follow and live by and you know some of that made into the bible original writings of the bible because it's telling the story of the jews and the highest of priests will follow these rules these laws you know and don't don't lie with a man however the translation of that is it's up in the air there's some things lost in translation, and I think maybe written down wrong. Original writers took took liberties, or things were were added, you know, added in later. People had control of this book for a long time, and we need to control society. You know, let's add add some things in there. Um, so nonetheless, like the that portion of the religion excludes people, and I think a true and loving God is accepting. Of all people, so long as they accept him and follow these principles, you know, him, her, she, they, the the universe, the, 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 the most high. You know, I'm stepping in and out of context. Like when I'm speaking of God, I'm speaking of the most high power of, you know, entity being that, that we don't get to be in the presence of on a day to day basis. You know, and that's something, you know, that really. When we, when we die and burst into this ball of energy that we get to go then be so long as the soul soul has been nurtured appropriately. So when, when a part of a religion, like there's to be spiritual, to be religious is one thing, to follow a religion is another. And as soon as this religion crosses over into exclusion of anybody, I'm, I'm, I'm less with it. You know, when it comes down to, hey, the, the root of this what this what this book says can really really cause harm like this all this all isn't good like when you say these things this can be taken out of context this can be used and and manipulated and that's not right that's not fair that's putting these people god made people like this like until very recently homosexuals were were shunned they had to, they were outcasts of society right a lot because 
this has been a Christian nation. Like, yeah, we have freedom from religion, according to, is that, that's the First Amendment, right? I believe that's in the First Amendment. Uh, but, I mean, really, the, original, the founding fathers of this country, like, it, the Bible, I've never read the Quran, so I imagine there's some really good stuff in the Quran. Um, and I'm really interested to see what the Quran says about Jesus, because Jesus is referred to in the Quran as the second to last prophet. He was not, not the son of God, not the Messiah, Muhammad, who, if I, I believe, would have came from Ishmael, as we talked about, as I talked about a little bit earlier, like, you know, Muhammad got it right, the prophet Muhammad. So it's real, real interesting. So I want to see like Jesus and Muhammad, like if I, you know, who do you want at your dinner table? I want Jesus. I want Muhammad. There's four people at my dinner table and me. So five people at the dinner table. I want Jesus, Muhammad. I want 90-year-old version of my man Stick, uh, my wife and myself. That's who I want at my, at my dinner table. Uh, choose, choose four because I want to I wanna really see. Whew, that would just be an interesting conversation. Some of the greatest thinkers in world world history, documented world history, um, modern history. Uh, I think that would be be something beautiful. A ninety year old version of Stick, and then modern version of me, because me and Stick are very very similar, right? And I want to see his perspective as an old man. I'm very very curious. You know, I'm interested in my perspective as an old man too. But I'll go through that on my own. Ah, I I don't remember what I was saying. I I was talking about pray, prayer to the Most High. I was talking about uh, religions praying to the Most High. I might not fully be like a, you know exclusivity. So that's that's where the Bible kind of loses me. And it's really just that kind of specific point. Like if this book is inspired by the Word of God, God clearly makes some people homosexuals. So that's an. So if you read this in a, in a like if you look at what, the perspective of life for through a full blown Christian or Jewish perspective. It's like, yeah, you very, like, even if you buy into, yeah, you may be born gay, but that's just because your soul, like, has to fight that. Like, you can't love who you want to love. You have to overcome those sexual urges and be with something that you may find detestable and an abomination to yourself, right? So it doesn't, it doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I believe people are born gay, but they have to uh, fight those urges their whole life. Like, what are you what are you talking about? Like, I don't think sexual immorality is just gay sex. Like, I think it's deeper. You know, that's sex with kids. That's, you know, sexual immorality might even not even have to do with a specific sexual act you do, but the sexuality that you emit and share with other people, like groomers today, like groomers are uh, who who show, you know, they're pedophiles. They're showing kids sex and sexuality at a very early age, and sex and sexuality that's not about their own bodies and what their bodies are going to go through. Uh, so we're in an interesting spot of society. I think there's a big parental uproar and uprising. There's a big long chunk of time, I think, starting around the internet and millennials wanting to live life a certain way. They have so much information. You can just kind of do whatever. Things got out of control, but also millennials who are now in kind of upper management, executive positions, you know, coming around the age of 40 now getting into leadership roles. I think millennials have realized is the woe of their ways. And then right behind that is Gen Z. So millennials are kind of teaching Gen Z. And we're working together in this new technological age and realizing with all this information, we don't need. You know, certain things happened and got out of control because we had too much information. Society wanted to be too, too inclusive, right, as a as a backswing from being so exclusive for decades, decades and decades, centuries of this country excluding people. It's it's really shot back the other way, but to an extreme sense. We always seem to go to extreme to extreme. Instead of working in a way together as all people to find a balance, right, and be on the same frequency. Uh, but I, I'm kind of kind of rambling at this point. I think I've 
I mean, I've been rambling the whole time. This whole podcast ain't nothing but me rambling. I got no notes, no agenda. Just trying to spread betterment, my perspective, my philosophies as this 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 grows. Kind of, you know, as these podcasts continue, like I'm sitting in a room by myself. All right. So it's kind of just my notes. That's why sometimes I have problems reconnecting what I was saying. I lose track of what I was saying. Um, but the underlying point, I think of this one was self-betterment looking for, you know, how to be a good follower and whom to follow. You know, I guess it would be kind of my takeaway. And I never knew who to follow in my life. I never had a role model. I never had an example. I was in the church, but I never had the church explained to me, right? I went through life really, nobody ever taught me anything. Like everything that I learned came out of the public school system. Fortunately, I was in good public school systems. Turn, I think I mentioned this before. Turn the lights off when you leave a room. When you're brushing your teeth, don't let the water run. Like I learned that shit from school. My mom never taught me that. And I didn't have a dad in the house to teach me that. Like my mom did her best with, you know, hygiene, you know, but I think I still learned most of that from school, how to wash. Like, you know, I didn't. You know, so we would go to church, but I never had church explain to me what we're doing, what this means, what this dynamic is. And if you go to church, if you wake up right now, Sunday morning, get dressed, go to church, you, you there's a, and church goes the same every time. It's worship, you know, we praise God, we sing, you know, we, we really get into the mood, you know, and then pastor reads something from the Bible, talks about that from the Bible, maybe another song, depending on what church you go to, and you go home. Sometimes in that kids go off to Sunday school, but nobody like I, nobody taught me that. It, even though I did it a lot and like every time it was the same, nobody taught me, hey, this is worship. Like I always thought, like why do we gotta go sing? That that's part of it. That's part of Christianity. First you praise God, then you worship God, and then you get the word from God, and then you praise God, and then you worship again. Right? That's that's like that's the church step by step, but nobody ever taught me that. I was, it was in the last year that I learned that, how it was structured, right? I didn't ever learn, so I've had to go through life learning how to live. And that's definitely one thing, as I go from the sense of self-betterment, what I'm trying to do is set my kids off on a better course. I wanna teach you everything. Any and every teachable moment, I'm gonna teach you. So in order for me to do that, I need to learn my psychology better, and but I need to learn the psychology of society better. And I want to learn that in a historical context so you can better apply that. I want to start my kids off because I feel like stunted in my growth and development. Like I've always been told, you're an old soul. You have some wisdom within that, but I've had a real lack of understanding of how to live. And I think I've only very recently within the last several years got myself out of trauma, right? I grew up traumatized, right? In, in my own context and things that have been mentioned in podcasts past. Joined the military, trained for war, go to war, traumatized, all right? From that, dealing with relationships with women, uh, they're dealing with a, 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 a man of trauma who hasn't dealt with his personal trauma, all right? Get into other relationships, get married, Right, still kind of fresh out of this trauma, and then have a you know separate from the military. That's traumatic. If you've never done it, you won't understand it. All right, you know deaths in the family and the way the deaths went about leading in trauma. And I never began healing. When did we buy this house? Two thousand eighteen. So it was probably like mid late twenty nineteen before I really started healing. So I'm thirty four close to 35 years old before I began really digging into my own soul and the things that got me to where I am. And I'm in a very good place, but I don't understand necessarily how I got here based on how I feel because I feel like a piece of shit. I feel like a loser little kid. I feel like a chubby, stinky fucking trailer park piece of shit, right? Why am I here, right? God's graces, Right, lift me up. You know, you're a statistical anomaly, right? So we're just, we need to smooth all this out. We need to begin to heal, 
right? So that's why I'm on that journey, ultimately, to parent better, right? So I, I believe that I have healed all my wounds. I still hold some anger. That's some stuff I'm still working on. Like, it just have moments of, of rage, honestly. And oftentimes it comes out of frustration at doing some handyman shit, right? And But it should... Shouldn't my mind, I don't ever want my mind to go there. I want to have more, that's why I pray for patience. I want to have more patience. That way I don't get as frustrated when I get frustrated and don't have these outbursts, whether it's just screaming a swear word. You know, that's anger, that's rage. And I realized that that I thought I was cool, calm, collected, and I am, but there's moments that spike. And those moments, a man who's not in control of himself, those spike moments can be dangerous. Right, and I don't ever want to be a danger to anyone. I want to be under control, so I pray for patience. Right, and I want to learn learn more about myself. So that's the main one I'm hanging on to. But all the childhood kind of left alone, misguidance, resentment, you know, spite, misunderstandings. Like I've resolved that being put in dangerous situations, like living in dangerous places. Like I've been able to you know, relationships with my parents, been able to really digest that a lot through this podcast, just talking, talking open feelings out in the mic, a lot of journaling, a lot of getting into the Bible, a lot of marijuana, a lot of psychedelics. I've really gotten to explore and explore beyond the explorable um, in really cool ways over the last several years. So as I've begun to heal and as I've matured as a, as I am maturing as a parent, um, figuring a lot out about myself and the output that I want to do. So that's kind of the mission that I'm on, how I got to where I am today, like in the context of following religion, you know, how I'm perceiving things. But uh, I've been going for a little bit now. Looks like I'm at an hour, <laughs> a little bit over an hour. So I'm going to get up out of here, man. Uh, I hope this wasn't too uh, too much rambling. Everybody be cool. Check on a vet and hug your legs. Thank you.